Welcome to Exec Insights, conversations about Australian business and the changing world, brought to you from QUT Executive Education. I'm Kate Joyner from QUT's Graduate School of Business. You'd be forgiven for thinking our podcast had a men-only rule for guests. Not so. We have several fantastic women lined up in the near future, so watch this space. But not today. Today our topic is the future of work in the professions, specifically the legal profession. The conversation about work futures and the impact of technology is gaining um, much debate. It's fascinating and um, I also find it a bit confronting to read and hear some of the predictions. Uh, while we know that the impact of technology and automation has already affected manufacturing jobs, we're starting to understand how professional work might be reshaped by forces such as AI and powerful data analytics. And with me to talk us through the issues is David Williams. David is a partner at the Brisbane firm Mullins Lawyers. David leads the firm's business services group. He's practiced as a lawyer in private and corporate practice for over 30 years. He has a special interest in mergers and acquisitions. So David, you were giving one of the more difficult speaking um, engagements in town when we met. Um, I've done that one too, so I know it's hard. So you have to cover a given topic in a very, very short amount of time. I think it was five minutes, was it? You Three. Three, yeah. So and then it goes down to one, then, then subsequent speakers. Yeah, that's right. It, one uh, minute. it so becomes more difficult. It, it does become more difficult. It's like um, diving with a difficulty rating of, um, you know, 10. Um, so and then they ring this bell at about the two-minute mark, which I find, um, yeah, it's just very confronting. But if you go beyond the, the allocated time, you are in the deep poo. <laughs> exactly. And then they threaten to um, use this kind of squeaky toy to kind of, uh, like a big hook that comes and grabs you out. But you were speaking, you know, very interestingly on the topic about changes that you've seen in the law profession, um, changes specifically from the impact of various technologies. Um, and you were just about to say something quite interesting about artificial intelligence when, when uh, you were timed out, I think. So it's really good to have an opportunity to have a little bit more time to explore some of those issues. So um, let's start at the top. Um, you've been a lawyer for 30 years. Um, what do you see as some of the biggest changes uh, in the way lawyers produce their work? In that time? Yeah, um, I've been in legal practices nearly 40 years, over 40 years, ah, okay. but admitted as a solicitor. You. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, yeah. um, some people usually bring the numbers down. But yeah. <laughs> in the law, everyone looks at how long post admission you are. So, grey hair is a good thing in the legal industry? Well, yes, but my partners think that I, I cheat and dye my hair, but uh, I don't. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, yeah, it has, has changed immensely. I think the comment I made was that. The, the, in, when I started in the law firm, the fastest technology was a, a manual typewriter, and then the next fastest was a telex um, that followed on. But we've come a long way. Um, technology's come a long way in the 70s and the 80s and the, and the 90s, but I think the change that has occurred in the last, say, you know, two to three years particularly is really quite, well, it's affected all businesses. You know, where you know, at the end of the day, a legal firm is a business. Mm -hmm. It's no different to whether you're selling agricultural products or, or manufacturing or providing professional services anywhere else. We are all impacted by digital um, disruption. Mm -hmm. I mean, the classic is, you know, Uber with the taxi mm -hmm. companies. Um, and if you think you are not capable of being disrupted, then you're a bit of a fool. Mm. And what, how do you see that disruption? You said in the last two and three years, so you're already seeing some of the impacts of uh, changes to the way um, legal firms uh, structure their business models, for example, uh, the way we produce value for clients um, and some of the cost, uh, some of the uh, revenue producing streams 
sort of looking a little bit tenuous? Is that what we're seeing? Oh, absolutely. Mm. You mentioned uh, artificial intelligence. Well, I, I can see that the areas that um, are mindless, if I could use that terminology, mm. are going yeah. to disappear. Yeah, so anything that's capable of being automated. Uh, and what, what things in the legal profession would be subject to? Um... Well, I think you've already seen it, say, conveyancing. There's um, uh, electronic conveyancing up and down the eastern coast is not far off. Uh, the strange thing is the banks are the ones that are dragging the sh their, their feet in relation to it. Um, the, the relevant state governments, everything is now electronic. Um, um, the... Um, that's, that's a classic example. So conveyancing has been impacted a long time ago based on price. Um, now with technology, um, uh, it's going to be even more competitive uh, and particularly competitive in the sense that your market is not just Brisbane or yeah. Queensland. And as I mentioned in that presentation, our, my market's Australia and internationally now. So you, you just can't pigeonhole yourself um, into a geographic location. Mm. And then uh, um, the corollary to that is that uh, international firms will be looking to our markets. Oh, well. absolutely. Like, yeah. I, mean, mm -hmm. I think I gave the analogy that um, in the 70s and the early 80s, we had what was termed the dingo fence. And what that was is that in order to practice as a lawyer, you needed to reside and be admitted in Queensland. Mm. And uh, um, I didn't mention at this presentation, but last year I did where there was a, a well-known national firm trying to get into Queensland in that stage and their name was Blake Dawson Waldron. And there was an article clerk, a young article clerk going through um, and um, uh, in fact it was Blake and Riggle in those days and his, his name was Blake. Once he got admitted, he was made a partner to the firm um, so they could use the name Blake's to satisfy that registration requirement, they had to operate under a totally different name. So really closed and restrictive at that time. Yes, yeah. then, the, the, then the dingo fence came down and uh, the rest is history. We now have national and now, as you said, international firms. Mm. So uh, the barbarians at the gate. The barbarians at the gate. And, and is that going to be, I mean, all, all, all these sorts of changes have upsides and, uh, you know, and downsides. So is there, uh, for the community, uh, are we going to be better served, I think, by having a sort of more open uh, legal industry? Oh, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. It's the same with um, retail. I mean, you know, uh, um, I've got a young daughter who's fearless in, in shopping online. Um, that's not me. And she sends product back. Um, and she's never had a problem with dealing with it. You know, Amazon tests coming into the retail market. You know, um, that's a challenge. Um, um, but I think the, the one area that, which is the point I made, was really the, the human factor. Um, you've really got to concentrate and have high quality people that can deliver good um, inter, inter, interface um, mm. services and, and have a good bedside manner. Yeah, we, I just, we had a half day seminar here at QUT just two days ago on the future of work. So that does seem to be where uh, the human will have their, uh, their value add. So that if you think that it's enough, I think, to be technically excellent, um, that's probably not going to be enough. That's given. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a given. I table mean, stakes. you know, <laughs> everyone can Google. So, you know, if you think the client doesn't know what they're talking about when they ask you, do, can you do X? Um, they know very well because they've Googled the hell out of it. And so there, there may be, with some lawyers, so far in front of them in the sense of a practical sense of what they're wanting to do. 
but uh, yeah, so it's it's given. I mean, it's not a situation you catch up on. Yeah, so this particular seminar would say actually our customer service will be, um, you know, it will be enhanced and supported by the artificial intelligence. So it will be the lawyer supported by IBM Watson's, uh, Watson, you know, so we'll, uh, we, if we try to fight the machine, we'll lose every time, um, but we've got to work with the machine. Um, is that your sense of it as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, mm. certain areas, I think, uh, of the law are doomed. We've talked about uh, conveyancing, insurance claims. Mm. I mean, there is so much data that's available. Um, and if the claim particulars are put into, at one end in the computer, it'll be able to spit out what this person is worth, whatever the injury is, and you'd either accept or, or reject. And if you accept, they'll electronically transfer the money into your bank account. Um, if you don't, then they can start you in the proceedings electronically in the courts. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's there yet, but it's not far off. In your um, observation, do you think the legal profession is gearing up for the changes that will come to their industry um, as a result of the ways of technology, which we'll see in probably in the next five to ten years? What's your view? I'm, I'm classified as a dinosaur. You're a dinosaur? Yeah. I don't think you're, well, you've been uh, talking to me about <laughs> these issues, so... Um, but I'm, I'm hoping I, I fall into the category of a crocodile, I'll survive. Um, so um, it's already happening um, in relation to um, the operation of legal firms. Um, you know, as I mentioned, um, uh, in our area, all our files are electronic. So I close my Surface Pro and go home, I've got my whole office in a computer. So I can reconnect and look at everything that's been done and communicate. Um, so uh, I even don't even put out of offices when I'm when I'm uh, on holiday or leave um, because clients expect um, and rightly that they should be able to communicate with you. And these days, there's no reason you can't communicate from wherever. But yet, Subject to the internet, of Yet course. you retain some <laughs> rather nice real estate in the CBD. So will that be necessary in the future, do you think? Oh, look, we're, um, uh, our lease comes up in the next three years. We're already now considering that we could, we could either do one of two things, halve the space and operate differently, uh, or double the number of people in the same space. So yes. Um, so there'll I, be some efficiencies there, Absolutely. It's really, I suppose what you've got to do is balance um, the, the remote work, if I can use that terminology, uh, with ensuring that your culture is, is not impaired because um, I think a lot of accounting firms have suffered that problem where they have the hot desk and things like that, that um, you, you cannot, you, you really need the interface with all staff um, so that you know who these people are and you just don't see them as a photo on a staff identification on the intranet or something like that. Mm. But yes, it, um, it, space is, you'll, you can do um, a lot um, more with less space. That's mm. absolutely essential. Um, and you don't really, um, clients particularly say in the CBD of Brisbane, I mean, the car parks do very well at a clients coming to see you mm. um, uh, because you know it's almost like the mafia picking up 80 bucks for a day. Um, that's it's pretty extortionate. Yeah. It is. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah, so there's all the, the ongoing effects of uh, those kind of changes. Because I'd imagine now, why would, you, why would you actually have an expensive car park when you could just take an Uber in for a lot less, you know, and go... Yeah, but even that, you've got interference from government putting extra charges on Uber. Because mm. 
Um, I could come in by Uber from Baden, where I live. I live in Baden too. Oh, there, there you, you are. We, yeah. We'll see you in the traps or the, or the exchange in Ubers. Um, it was $9 to $11. Now it's creeped up to, well, there's an extra two. Yeah. yeah. And so that's where it was a very efficient way to provide a service to a client. Governments have successfully made it 30% less efficient. And that's the problem. Yeah, and there's always a drag somewhere, isn't there? <laughs> well, you know, the governments are left out of the technology area mm. and that's the same in taxing and things like that. Mm. And that's why they're all trying to grapple with how are they going to get their fair share of whatever. Is, is there a, a law firm that's um, it's designing its assault based on principles of Uber? So just uh, having going into a sort of a platform arrangement? Oh, there's a number of firms, yeah. Are yeah, doing, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, um, um, uh, I was talking to a, a firm in actually London last night who were looking at joining leaders in the UK and they are um, an in-house type firm like a retainer and uh, um, it's quite incredible what they do where they have lawyers, senior lawyers provide advice to a, a range of clients and that's not dissimilar to taking away the, the need for an office and things like that. Oh, I see. You're, yeah. you're actually in the office. Mm. Yeah, I'd imagine there's a number of different business models being played out at the moment because I know that some are starting based on um, competitive pricing. So they've looked at a model that strips out most of the costs and going on a low-cost value proposition to clients. So that was in the Australian last week and I've seen some other reports on that. So I guess you can pick... Uh, there's various points in the market where you can pitch your services. So I'd imagine at the very high end, there's still, there's still a market there. Well, that's the point. Um, if you compete on price, I think your business is doomed mm -hmm. because you've got to add value to the client so that the client can actually see that that's why I go to you. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I want to just get a document, I might as well just download one on Google and deal with it and amend it myself and run the risk, so to speak, as to what I could face. Um, so it's making that value added, um, and this is the human factor, and that's where I think areas of law where you, it's the, the, the element of, I suppose, experience and gut reaction, where no amount of computer data is going to help you. So if, you, if we're not polished in our emotional intelligence skills, we better start rushing up? Well, yes, and you should avoid areas where um, uh, artificial intelligence is, is going to be there. Mm, so we can't beat the machine. Yeah, that's been, that's been my message of the week. <laughs> yes, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll never but it's the interfacing smart. of the human element. Mm. And then the second element that I, I think I mentioned uh, um, was then training the next generation. Which is one, my next line of questioning. So um, you are a proud alum of, uh, of QUT uh, uh, Faculty of Law, I believe. Yes, that's yeah. right. We're the first. Really? Yeah, yeah the yeah. first, first full-time started in 1977. And um, uh, then, sorry, the first part-time. It started as part-time in 77. Full-time started mine at 78. Um, yeah. So if you were giving advice to either the Faculty of Law or the law students within it um, about how to, how to prepare yourself for a career in law um, for the next 40 years, uh, what, what advice would you give? What, would, what do they need to be learning now? Well, um, 
I think that what they need, well, first of all, they've got to think why they're doing law, um, because a lot of people, uh, do, well, universities are doing legal, are providing legal um, um, uh, studies and things like that because they're cheap to deliver and lots of demand. That's correct. Yeah, you don't need expensive lab equipment. I no, don't think for law. No. no. So, so it's it satisfies a great niche. Um, but doing a law degree doesn't mean you'll be necessarily need to be a lawyer. Yeah. So you can use the skills and go into wherever. Um, um, there's lots of other opportunities. But if you're going to look to a legal career um, in law firms or, or barristers, I think barristers are a different um, kettle of fish. We'll just talk about law firms. Um, I think they need to do more than just their study. They need to be involved in businesses, um, have jobs um, um, uh, in regards to, even if they are jobs in, um, uh, not necessarily hospitality, but that, that's fine, that develops a bit of bedside manner, um, but then actually working in, say, banks or even small legal practices, anything to do with business that mm, you get. So get a real business understanding. Because yeah. that is the critical thing, um, unless you are going into the sort of the social services type area. Um, you really need to have an understanding of what, how to make a buck and how hard it is to make a, a, a buck and how to operate a business. And once you get that understanding, you then have, and you get the bedside manner right, your skills are taken that you should be whatever. Mm. Um, it's the ability to find where you need to go is mm. the big issue now. Um, and I, I mean, um, um, all the law graduates that I've seen come through, they all know that. They know where to, they know how to deal with the internet and get the relevant information. What they don't know is how to interface with it, with a person that operates, say, a business. That's the mm, area. And I'm. be genuinely uh, value adding uh, to the business. And person. understanding it, you know, uh, um, you know, it's as simple as well. You know, uh, some people don't know where milk comes from. They just go to the supermarket and buy it. Well, actually, there's a long story to that. So they won't be, that won't be enough anymore just to have high distinctions in all your subjects, yeah. Oh, and what about those people maybe in your firm, David, who are early career or mid-career, so they're already in a legal um, profession. What's going to sustain them um, over a long, because we're talking about 70-year careers apparently, this seminar was telling me. What's, how, how do we sort of need to refresh and renew ourselves to stay viable? In being connected to the 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 what to a particular firm or or just in the in to stay uh, to stay viable as a as a practicing lawyer for the next fifty years. Oh look, I think a massive amount of challenges. I think one of the the biggest one I think the legal profession is facing is uh, mental illness, um, and because of the high stress level and things like that. Um, don't forget, lawyers we owe an overriding duty to the court. No other profession has that. Uh, it's higher than the duty to the client. So there is this massive amount of stress and what they are seeing is that um, uh, negligence actions are actually can be usually honed back to um, issues of stress, uh, maybe there's mental um, um, uh, issues, um, depression, those sorts of things. I think that's the biggest challenge. Mm, so wellness uh, and, and maintaining yeah, your, yeah. your mental and physical health yeah. is going to be the... And be able to, you know, enjoy yourself. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, um, um, you, you, need, you need to be able to laugh at yourself mm. because, you know, it's a high-stress job, as there are many others. You know, I wouldn't like to be a surgeon. Uh, I mean, that's very challenging. 
um, I just like to know that they're really good when you need them. <laughs> well, you like to think your lawyer's pretty good too. Um, um, well, thank you for that. But it's not the end of the interview. We always do just one small piece at the end to get a, a feeling of the person. I always ask people, what have you read recently or seen on the TV that you thought, hmm, that's really interesting, that um, suggests something's changing or uh, it, uh, yeah, it's just as piqued your interest. What, yeah. would that, what would that be, David? Well, I, I just cannot understand with Australia, with all its natural resources, we have got an energy problem. So that's front and centre of our media I, this I week, just, isn't it? I just cannot understand how we've got ourselves into such a difficult problem. I would agree. Well, thanks so much for coming down uh, through the Botanical Gardens, I hope, uh, up to QUT, and we hope to see you again here soon. Not a problem. Thanks, David. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Exec Insights. For more information about QUT's executive education programs, please search QUT Executive Education and you'll find a full range of our programs and services.